What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy you're here joining me in the passenger seat. I hope you had the best week, but if you didn't, you're in the right place. Let's talk about it. Oh, (laughs) Uh, my birth control alarm just went off. So, hi. Hello. Hi. I feel like it's been a minute. I mean, it hasn't, but every week I feel like I mean, it it very much hasn't, but every single week I'm like, oh my God, it's been so long. I missed you guys so much. Uh, What has been going on? Well, today is Halloween, so happy Halloween. I hope you had a fun Halloween weekend. I actually did. This is the first Halloween that I've actually gone out and done stuff. I actually think since college, like properly dressed up, properly had costumes. Like, I don't even know how that happened, but it did. Like, I I just didn't do it. I mean, the pandemic, there was sort of those two weird years. And then I think I went out one time. I dressed as Ariana Grande, but I didn't even really do it. It was like a Thursday night. Um, yeah, weird. So I, I had a lot of fun this weekend. It was fun. I dressed as, let's see, on Thursday night, I was... Um, Taylor Swift's Midnight's album. Well, I was the moon, but then Midnight's came out and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll be Midnight's. And I went on a Taylor Swift booze cruise with uh, for my friend Haley's birthday and it was fucking awesome. If you ever have the opportunity to do that, do that. It's so crazy. Midnight's has really only been part of my life for like a week and a half and I love her. I just, I love her like she is my own child. I'm really, really happy with this album. If you want to hear a full review, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, which is called Taylor Talk. It is a Spotify exclusive, so I won't bore you anymore with talking about Midnight's, even though I don't think if you listen to this podcast, you'd be bored about it. But like, go listen to Taylor Talk and, and let's talk about Halloween. Yeah, Halloween was fun. I would love to see your costumes if you did anything cool. I feel like last weekend I was like in my breakup unhinged era a little bit and I was like doing shots and I threw up on the street, which like, you know, (laughs) like I don't even know the last time I actually threw up from drinking, but I also don't know the last time I was like, let's do shots. Like, I don't know why I was like, let's do it. I know I can't do shots. Like, I'm aware. It's not a secret. It's not a surprise. I know I can't do them, but I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just like gonna be so crazy. I'm just gonna be a crazy girl and I'm gonna do it. And I did. And I instantly regretted it and I had to throw up on the street, which is like never a cute look. Um, But, you know, my red lipstick did stay intact. So I'll give myself that one. Yeah, it's just been a little bit of a a weird, weird vibe ever since the whole uh, shrimp gate went down. You know, I've been a little sad, but mostly fine and like feeling a little silly, crazy, unhinged, but again, mostly fine. Just like once in a while, I have a little mini breakdown and then I'm fine. Do we have to do that right now? Okay. They're, they're like doing construction. Nowhere is safe. Okay. Yeah, it's just been a little weird time. I feel like I've accidentally gone into a little bit of a rot. Like, you know, I think that when fall comes around, like when the colder weather starts to come around, like the rotting sort of she she comes back to life with a, with a little bit of a vengeance. Yeah, I've gotten into a little bit of a rot and I just like need... I needed like a little refresher because my apartment got disgusting. And that's how I always know that I'm in like a rotting era is like my apartment just looks like a hoarder, scary, crazy, nasty mess. Uh, Like my room, you could not see the floor. It was just clothes 
everywhere and it's it's like so annoying to myself also because clothes it's not even like that's difficult just put them in the fucking hamper but I cannot get myself to do it and that's how I know I'm in a rotting era so what I've been kind of trying to do to like get myself vibing and feeling better and feeling fresh and fun and flirty again so Midnight's the album obviously the non 3am version is only 45 minutes long Like, it's like not long. So what I do is I put on the album, I listen to it one time through, and I try to get as much done in that 45 minutes as I can in terms of cleaning. I just put it on and I clean for 45 minutes and I do that every day and that's all of my cleaning. That's it. And giving myself that time constraint and also I'm having fun because I'm listening to the album really helps. I'm not saying you have to do it with Midnight's if there's a comparable album that's only 45 minutes or 30 minutes or yeah, something like that. We're not super, super long. I would I would do that because it has gotten me to keep things a little bit cleaner and it's gotten me a little bit out of my funk, which is nice. I actually like genuinely hate the fact that cleaning makes me feel better. Like I, I hate it. I loathe it. I resent it because like, oh, it's so annoying. Like I hate that my mom was right. You know what I mean? Like my mom would be like, if you ever feel like shit, like you should clean. Like it feels better. And I was like, no, 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 no. If I feel like shit, the last thing I want to do is clean. But now, <laughs> now I know my mother was right all along. If you feel like shit, clean something. And it actually does help. It makes me feel better every single time. Because there's just like that satisfied moment of like, you know what? My life doesn't feel super good right now, but at least I have clean dishes. At least I've got clean laundry. At least I changed my sheets. You know what I mean? At least I scrubbed the toilet. And it just, there is something soothing about that. So if you're in a funk, try cleaning. <laughs> the worst, I hate that. I'm actually sorry that I'm even telling you that, but it does work. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. It's like nothing new. I'm not like... I've been having a lot of fun. Obviously, I've been going out, seeing friends, seeing pals. But I'm just like not after Shrimp Man. Like I literally think I'm cashed like on dating for 2022. Like I'm good. I don't, you know, (laughs) like I think I'm okay for now. Like I don't think I really need to be doing anything because I am. I wow, that was I have a lot of like thinking to do. Much to think about, but it actually reminds me of one of the DMs that we're going to, sorry, not DMs, voicemails that we're going to talk about today. And like, what are we talking about today? Should we get into it? Should we talk about it? What are we talking about today? Okay, first of all, I'm going to do a little segment that I like to call, What on Earth is Going On in the House of Commons? We're going to talk about Kanye West um, and his anti-Semitism a little bit. We're going to talk about Elon Musk taking on Twitter. We're going to talk a little bit about the midterm elections. Um, And then we're going to get into our voicemails. We've got a voicemail. Help, I just don't feel pretty. What do you do when you're in like a little appearance funk? Got a voicemail asking like, hey, do I address this weird thing in my friendship or no? I got a voicemail about how do I break up with this man in a nice way? I got one, how do I stop the past relationship trauma from affecting my current relationships, which like relatable. (laughs) Another one, sometimes I feel like I'm being dramatic about my mental health struggles, which I also think is really relatable. And then the last one is help, my friend is getting married and it is freaking me out. So if that sounds fun, fresh, flirty, fantastic stick to you keep on listening If 
I'm being totally honest, I do feel a little funky today. Not like funky, like disco funky. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel a little weird. I feel a little funky. I think I'm PMSing. But anyways, let's get into it. What on earth is going on in the House of Commons? Actually, a lot I feel like has been going on. I, I feel like because I had two kind of weird episodes in a row, like um, the breakup episode with Zach and then our good pal Haley, I feel like I didn't have a chance to talk about this Kanye West stuff. Um, it's kind of hard for me to talk about. Like, I feel like talking about anti-Semitism can be kind of tough because I think a lot of Jewish people feel like, I don't know, like almost like we're being like dramatic or something when we talk about anti-Semitism. Like, I, obviously we're not. I just like there is this sort of feeling of like, it could be worse sort of or like maybe like it's not bad enough to really complain about it or something like that especially because like it's it's a, it's a different form of like bigotry obviously because there is an aspect of being able to like hide the fact that you're Jewish where like with other forms of bigotry people can't hide who they are so it's um yeah so I don't know there is like a weird thing about it and also I don't always like to talk about it because if I talk about anti-semitism on social media then my mentions and DMs are just anti-Semitism. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that was that was fun for the whole family. But yeah, the Kanye West stuff is really tough. Like, I, it's really tough because I think a lot of people are like, okay, Kanye has like lost his fucking mind. And I think that that's true. I think he's clearly going through like a mental health moment here. But I also think that he this is the thing that it is when he talks about these like sort of anti-semitic talking points that he has Jews run the media um you know Jewish people are greedy control the banks control the money he's like speaking cogently uh, about those things if that makes sense like it's not like he sounds like he's like not making cohesive points like he's he's making points he knows what he's saying you know what I mean like he knows what he is saying and he genuinely believes what he's saying and like you can be like yeah he's clearly mentally unwell sure but also like he knows what he's doing like you can't I'm not excusing the anti-semitism just because he's mentally ill fucking I'm mentally ill and I'm not anti-semitic <laughs> I don't know what your excuse is but like he He's being really clear about these things. And it's just, it's really tough to see because, but I, I just like, it's tough seeing it be so mainstream. Even if people are recognizing that his mental health is affecting sort of the way he's behaving right now. There are a lot of people who look up to him. He's a very influential person. And I, I, I worry about people being like, oh, well, maybe he is making some points. Like, at the end of the day, anti-Semitism is as old as the Appalachian Mountains, you know? Like, it's been around. It's been there. It's like half the stereotypes people have about Jewish people, they don't even realize, like, are anti-Semitic because they think they're just, like, true. It's, it's like, a very weird thing. It's like, well, because he keeps making these points, like, well, you know, all these executives are Jewish. You know, my lawyers are Jewish. My um, people in the entertainment industry, they are Jewish. And it's like, think for him, it's like that's proof that there's this like Jewish conspiracy cabal that's like trying to fuck people over. And I know that like you guys are normal people and are going to be like, that's obviously not true. But some people might think it's true. Think about how many people think the election was stolen, okay? Like this country is like... People are not well. <laughs> like, I know that it's really easy to dismiss it and be like, well, no one's going to believe that or no one's going to listen to it. Yeah, they fucking will. Yeah, they fucking will. People are crazy. This country is holding on by a thread. 
And it is scary. It genuinely is scary and like exhausting and it makes me sad. And I don't really know what else to say. Like, you know, I've always been like anti-Kanye because of Taylor Swift. But I've also always been able to recognize like that he is very talented. But at this point, it's just like, why are you throwing all that away? Why are you throwing all that away? I also do want to point out that like the things that Kanye West is complaining about, the idea of like exploitation in the music industry of these artists that is not <laughs> the thing that you want to complain about is it's capitalism. It's capitalism. That's the problem. It's not Jewish people. It's capitalism. All these a lot of these like conspiracy theories, they're started by people who are in power because they don't want us to question the actual things that are going wrong. It's a scapegoating, right? You blame Jewish people because they don't want you to blame capitalism they don't want you to blame like the the system that exists it's the same way that like you hear people say like the immigrants are taking our jobs people on like fox news and whatever like they want you to be angry at immigrants because that way you're not going to look at it a little deeper and say well actually the fucking problem is that capitalism needs a constant underclass in order to survive and we they're, they're exploiting these immigrants actually the reason you can't get a job. It's not because immigrants are taking them. It's because immigrants and especially illegal immigrants are the only people who are willing to take these shit pay jobs with shit hours. They're willing to be exploited because they don't they don't have other options. Like that's not that's not their fault. That is not their fault. It's the system's fault. A lot of the times like these scapegoats are just a way for people not to realize that the real problem is capitalism or white supremacy or patriarchy. It's like um, incels getting mad at women for not fucking them as opposed to, hey, maybe you should get mad at a system that your worth as a man is determined by your ability to get women. Like that's the problem. The problem is the system. It's not women, but it's a lot easier to just blame women. And in this same way, the music industry probably does exploit people because people, like a lot of people who are in power, care about making money more than they care about doing what is right for people. That's just true. But instead of being mad at the system that creates that, you get, <laughs> you're like, it's the Jews. Like when you say it like that, it's like, oh, that's obvious. But like a lot of people just are not are never going to see it like that. And it does drive me crazy and it makes me sad. And yeah, that's enough about that. I just like had to get that off my chest because it's been really bothering me. Um, okay, so secondly, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, <laughs> I guess. Fucking, I don't know. People are like getting real worried about it. People are getting real upset about it. Can I be completely honest with you? I just like genuinely feel like this is going to fall through. Like, maybe I'll be eating my words in a week, but, like, I really just don't see this actually happening because I don't think that Elon Musk really follows through with his word, you know? Like, there's this thing he's doing right now, right, where he says, okay, in order to keep your verification badge, you have to pay $20 a month or users can pay $20 a month to be verified. Who the fuck is going to do that? Like, actually, who the fuck is going to do that? Like, it's genuinely just a bad idea. It doesn't make sense. And, like, my friends are getting upset about it, obviously. They're like, it's just, like, A, cringy then to be verified. And, B, like, the point of verification is not vanity. It's some people can't, like, impersonate you, you know? If you're, like, a public figure, you don't want people to be able to impersonate you. You have that blue check mark, and you're like, no, no, this actually is me. So if people are able to just sort of pay for that, it's like, it 
completely devalues it. And also, who again, who the fuck is going to pay for that? And it, it doesn't make sense. It's a bad idea. But I just don't really see it happening. Like, genuinely, I don't. I could be wrong. But I feel like a lot of the things Elon Musk says he's going to do, he doesn't do. Where the fuck is the, you know, the Tesla truck? Where's the tunnels? <laughs> like, there's so much that he's he said he's going to do that he doesn't actually do. So I just like, I'm not super concerned about it. I'm lightly concerned. I think my alarm level is like a, um, a little bit of a, is like yellow. It's a little yellow light. It's not a red flag right now. Everything is so bad all the time. I don't understand like why everything has to be so bad all the time. Like, don't you get frustrated? Don't you get annoyed? Like, Ugh, sometimes it feels so insurmountable. Like it just feels like there's so much bad shit going on. And like, what do you even do? Like, where do you start? Which leads me to our next segment. Just vote. No, I well, first of all, you should vote. But like, that's not the solution to our problems. I wish it fucking was. I wish it was as easy as registering to vote and voting in your midterm elections. But I mean, it's not, you know. And I don't have the solutions. <laughs> I don't know where to start. But, oh, God, sometimes it just is hard. But anyways, midterm elections are coming up. Make sure that you're registered to vote. Make sure that you're voting in the midterms. I mean, they say this every time. It's like, this is the most important election of our of our lifetimes. Well, like, maybe. It could be. I don't know. Maybe just vote. It's, it's a good thing. Do your civic duty. It's important. I think voting is important. Actually, Instagram does a really good job of uh, getting that word out. Your Instagram should tell you, like, click here if you want to know where your polling place is, which I think is really cool and really interesting. So I've done that, and now I know where my polling place is. And I'm not going to early vote, but a lot of places you can do early voting. So just check that out. And that's kind of what's going on in the House of Commons. Things are not looking super good. Also, in the actual House of Commons, things are not looking super good. Their prime minister lasted like five minutes, and now they've got a new one. You hate to see it. Um, yeah, the world is a dumpster fire. The world is a dumpster fire, and that's fine. <laughs> What's a girl to do? That's a girl to do. Honestly, let's just talk about some problems that we can solve. Let's get into our voicemails. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, <laughs> less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel... Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. 
And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Okay, hello, hello. After that depressing little interlude, <laughs> let's get into our voicemails. All right, here's our first one. Hi, Ellie. Um, really big fan of the show. Um, really big fan of you. Um, I've just been having this feeling lately. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, and I just wanted to know if you had any tips. I just lately have been feeling, like, really unpretty, and nothing specific has happened, and I just, I don't know. I've just been having kind of a hard time feeling pretty. I've tried to, you know switch up my makeup routine and wear clothes that make me feel good but I don't know just something lately I just haven't really been feeling like all that attractive and it kind of sucks so I was just wondering if maybe you had any kind of tips for that or any suggestions to kind of just make me start to feel better about myself um thanks so much love you love the pod have a good one bye so first of all, I absolutely have felt this way. I feel this way all the time, actually. Actually, generally about mm, four days before I get my period every single time. I look in the mirror, I look at my face, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who is this hag? Like seriously, it, it is very normal to feel that way. I also would I don't, again, I really don't want to like invalidate how you're feeling, but I would ask yourself how long you've been feeling this way and if it potentially could correlate to some kind of 
hormonal change, like that is always a possibility. Because sometimes when it's that, when I just like, I know it's hormones, there's not a lot I can do but wait for it to pass because it's just like, I can't do anything about it. It's just like my brain is going to be sabotaging me for a little bit and I just like have to get through it. But if it's been kind of a longer period of time, sometimes you just get in a funk. Honestly, sometimes you do. Sometimes I'll be laying in bed and be like, I don't don't know what my face looks like. And then I look at old pictures of myself on Instagram and I'm like, is that me? And also, am I uglier now? Like, was I prettier then? Like, you know, like I really feel like it's a normal thing. Like I really have experienced this. And I could tell you like, you know, try to do things that de-emphasize the way that you look, you know, like like focus on more of like a body neutral or like beauty neutral kind of feeling of like, this is the way that I look. I could tell you that. Honestly, I could. But I don't know. I don't know that that super help. It might help. It might be helpful for you to try to like de-emphasize like everything having to hinge on the way you look. But you know what? We're fucking human. And we like feeling attractive. We like feeling pretty. We like feeling like others think that we're pretty. Like that's a normal thing. I feel like there's this like annoying, I don't know. I I find it very annoying when people act like human nature does not exist. Like of course you want to feel pretty. Of course you care about beauty. It's not vanity. It's like a, a completely normal human thing. For me, when I'm feeling like really unpretty, I try to like do the kind of I try to like bring the baseline up. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but like I'll get a mani pedi, right? So like I like the way that my nails look. I will get a spray tan because I always feel more confident when I get a spray tan. That's a personal thing. I will, you know, maybe if I have a hair appointment, I'll like go to the hair appointment. If I don't, like maybe I'll literally just go to dry bar and get a blowout so that my hair is looking its absolute best as well. I will get my eyebrows done or for me, I just like pluck them at home, like, but I'll make sure they're plucked and shaped the way that I like them. You know, I might put some white strips on, like whiten my teeth a little bit. I might do a, a face mask that makes my skin look brighter. You know, I might do some like gua sha and like try to like drain the lymph node type thing. Like I just try to like bring the baseline up like without makeup or anything like and that usually makes me feel a little bit more confident just because like even if I'm looking in the mirror and I'm being like, ah, scary, hate it. Like, at least I know that like everything is sort of at its best, right? Like, at least I know that when other people look at me, they're like, okay, hair looks great. Nails looking great. Skin looking fresh and popping. You know, sometimes when I'm like really down bad and I'm like really going through it, I will seriously look at myself in the mirror, like force myself to look at myself in the mirror and name things that I think are like beautiful about myself. And like, It sounds so cheesy, but actually, like, I'll be like, okay, objectively, I have great eyes. My eyes are are beautiful. My cheekbones look great today, you know? I think that my, I have nice lips, you know? Or I have fucking perfect breasts. Like, whatever it is, I like the way that my hips look. Or, like, whatever it might be that I just, like, feel is pretty about myself, I will stand in the mirror and I will literally name it. Because sometimes it's genuinely helpful to just remember that if you're looking at yourself as a whole and you're like, I, I don't feel pretty, like, at least 
there are little parts of yourself that you can appreciate. It's kind of like the idea of gratitude. Um, like when you're feeling really down and you write a list of the things that you're grateful for. And even if the things that you're grateful for are like Trader Joe's frozen Indian food, like even if it's that, like knowing that there are things in your life that are good is really helpful. And I think I kind of do the same thing with my appearance. And so you could give that a try perhaps. But, you know, I also would just say to yourself, it's normal. It passes. It is normal and it passes. And like you are, you are pretty. Like you are, you are pretty. <laughs> like there, there's no question about it. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, doesn't mean that it's not true. Sometimes you don't see it, but you're, you're, you're still pretty. <laughs> it's still there. I promise you that. But it is normal. I would, you know what I actually really would avoid though? Unless you think like you're very photogenic and like you can pop out some great pictures and feel better about yourself. Like I would avoid taking pictures of yourself like sometimes I'm like I have to check and make sure that I'm pretty I'm gonna take a selfie right now and then I look at the selfie and I'm like oh my god (laughs) I'm a monster like I would just avoid it it's not helpful the way you look on camera is like just like not real you know it's like cameras distort your face or whatever it might be like just like no I would stay away from that because it probably will make you feel uh not as good and honestly if you have like a trusted friend Someone that you can just be like, listen, I'm feeling super fucking insecure. I feel like shit. I like literally feel like I'm going crazy. Like, do I look different? Is there something like I'm missing? Because you know what they're going to tell you. They're going to be like, no, like you look beautiful. You look exactly the same. Nothing has changed. Like you're fine. And sometimes that grounds me enough. Like for me, it's like Claudia or Michaela. And for me, that just like grounds me enough to be like, okay, this is probably just in my head. I'm not actually, I have not actually become ugly. Oh my God. When my, <laughs> when I was like pretty little, I mean, I was like eight or so. I was like very vain because I was really pretty as a little kid. <laughs> and I like liked looking in the mirror, whatever. And my aunt was like, just did not like this about me. And she's like, every single time you look in the mirror, you get a little bit uglier. And that scarred me for life. But it's not true. And I think it does help to like look at yourself in the mirror. And really, it's kind of like when you are trying to like go through some like body acceptance or like finding yourself attractive. It's like staring at yourself in the mirror naked and like looking at your body and like actually appreciating it can really help. And I think the same way, it's just like you don't feel pretty. Look at yourself until you feel pretty because like you you are, like the features are there. The vibe is there, whether you feel it today or you don't, like it's still there. So you got this, you're gonna be okay. And I will also add that sometimes when I don't feel pretty, it's because I feel like I haven't had like validation from like men kind of, like I feel like I'm not dating or like I'm not um, really talking to anybody, I'll be like, is it because I'm ugly? <laughs> like, I'll start feeling like that way. So if it has anything to do with that, A, you're not alone, but B, like, that's just like, it's silly, guys. It's silly. You don't need male validation to be beautiful. What the fuck do men know? Men wash their assholes with the same bar of soap they wash their faces. I don't think we should be taking their opinions on anything, but particularly not beauty. So... <laughs> If it is that, like, it's I get what you're feeling, but like, fuck it. Like, that's stupid. Like, you are worth more than being attractive to, like, men or whatever it might be. And actually, I think the most important thing is to be attractive to yourself. Like, that's all that really matters. So, yeah. I hope that was helpful because that's sort of what helps me. But sometimes you do just kind of have to ride out the storm. So, good luck. Let's get into our next voicemail. 
Hi, Ali. I have some, uh, I'm looking for some advice about a friend situation or an ex-friend situation, I suppose. So this friend and I were really close in college. We lived together for three years. Let's call her Cornelia. We were really, really close. We did everything together. Then when we graduated college, she stayed geographically close to our university and to make the long story short, ended up becoming friends with my ex. And this boy just crushed me. Like I was so heartbroken. He broke up with me out of nowhere. It was really awful. So I was kind of upset that she had become friends with him. So I said something to her basically like, I don't care if you're friends with him, but just like let me know before you put it all over Instagram because it just catches me off guard and it's upsetting. And I don't really think that that was the right way to approach the situation, but at the time it made me feel better. And yeah, so after that, our friendship kind of fell apart, which is fine. It happens. It's part of life. Um, and she just got married and it was like interesting, you know, seeing her wedding and an event that I thought I would be part of and be at and like wasn't even invited. But why this story is juicy and why I'm bringing it to you is that Cornelia is also a Swifty. And her and I have listened to many a Taylor Swift album together. But I haven't talked to her since Reputation, basically. And she texts me out of the blue about Midnight's, which more than happy to talk about Midnight's. But now I'm not sure what to do because she's acting like there's nothing wrong. And it's like I congratulated her about her wedding and she was like cordial but not like kind and now she's like sending TikToks and texting me all the time and I'm like I get it maybe I'm your only Swifty friend but like do we address the oddness in the room or do we just let it go so I'm curious what you think I should do okay funky situation well first of all I want to say I want to commend you for sort of the way that you're talking about this because I think like you're clearly in a a good spot mentally where you're like understanding that hey maybe there were things that I might have done wrong or not handled well um you know it's okay for us to have grown apart like it sounds like you like have a good head on your shoulders and I do want to commend you for that because it's hard to like get to a place where you're like it's okay I just feel a little funky so I think there's a couple questions that you need to like answer for yourself and like I can't really answer for you um first being like how important to you is it is like this friendship like how important would it be for you to keep this person as part of your life like how badly do you want them to be part of your life is this somebody that like you really want to make full amends with and get everything out on the table and like clear the air like is this somebody that like you really want to have part of your life or is this someone who like it's okay if it's a little bit more of like a casual relationship or maybe even like a service level or even like a little bit fake of a friendship, right? Like that's a question you need to ask yourself. Like do I really like how close do I feel like I want to be to this person? How much do I want them in part of my life? Like how important is that to you? So that's important because like if you're like, I don't really care if this person is in my life or not. It's been a long time. We've grown apart. We're not the same people. It's it's whatever we can move on from it, then like I would say just kind of let it 
be what it is. Because like if she wants to text you about midnights and you want to talk to her about that, like you can keep that friendship at a very surface level, like just sending each other like Taylor Swift stuff. Like your friendship has like one little dimension and it doesn't need to be anything more than that. Like not every friendship has to be like, I don't know, like not every friendship has to be like a best friendship. Not every friendship has to be like super, super deep. Like you can have acquaintanceships. Like I have a friend who like, I don't know, we're not like friend friends, but like he's the person I talk about Game of Thrones with, you know, <laughs> like just like random, like we, we don't really have anything else that we like connect on in a friendship way. And I also like don't really care if he's part of my life or not, but like we talk about Game of Thrones, like that's the, the level of friendship that we have. And that's fine because it's uh, overall a net positive that I have someone to talk about Game of Thrones with, probably a net positive for both of us. And it, it doesn't stress me out. It's not something that drains me. So, um, if this is, though, someone where you're like, I've really missed this person's friendship, I would really like us to be close again, and it really is important to me that we do that, then yeah, I think that you that you should say something. Because like, I don't think that you can really form a close relationship on a shaky base. Like if I'm thinking about like if um, – so like I have like, a, like an ex-pest friend, right? Like an ex-pest friend from high school who like if she – was suddenly texting me all the time I literally would be like what the fuck is going on what the fuck is happening right now like are we just not gonna talk about the fact that like you did xyz I did xyz things were really bad between us we never cleared the air on this like we're just never gonna talk about that like that would make me crazy because I know that like that's someone I was really really close to and honestly like I would want to be close to her again if she ever did reach out but I would have to clear the air on that because you cannot build something that is real on top of something that like is not real, if that makes sense. So it really depends on the level of relationship that you really care about having with this person. And also like what's like their vibe too? Like you said that they were like cordial but not super warm to you when you like congratulated on their wedding and like you even said like maybe you're their only Swifty friend and like maybe she is like using you in a set like – it, it depends on, like, what you feel like her vibe is as well. Because, like, I also wouldn't, like, if you are feeling like, well, maybe I would want this friendship to be um, real and important again. Like, I don't know that I would, like, put you through that because it can be really difficult and it can be very emotional. Like, I wouldn't want to put you through that if it seems like the other person in the equation like is not going to be receptive to it or is not going to be kind about it, you know? Because at the end of the day, like not everybody, and you even acknowledge this, like friendships fade, right? Your your relationships don't have to all be at the same level. So like it really is a matter of like, is it worth it? Is it honestly worth saying something? Or can this just be a surface level friendship? And there's nothing wrong with a surface level friendship. I'll tell you that much. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, is this person going to be willing to admit where they were wrong? Because it seems like you have grown to a point where you're able to admit like, well, I didn't handle this super well. But are they able to admit that it was hurtful of them to be, you know, behaving in the way that they did? You know, are, are they willing to admit that? Like, are they the kind of, have they grown as a person? Like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of factors here. I just want you to be careful because like, God, friends can hurt you so fucking bad, dude. Like, yeah, relationships ending hurt, whatever. Um, friendship pain, like the end of a friendship and like friendship breakups and um, friendship fights, they they can hurt you so fucking bad. And I just like don't want to put you in a position where you might get hurt by this person again because it just, those wounds are really deep. 
and it really sucks. And like, I just wouldn't want to put you through that unless you really feel like this is something you have to do and it's really worth it for you. So I don't know. That's kind of my advice is like, you got to ask yourself a little bit of, got to do some soul searching here um, because there's no like easy answer for it. Like what I'm leaning toward is like, don't say something, but sometimes you got to say something, you know, sometimes it is important and it's worth it. So it really is up to you. Obviously, I can't tell you what to do, but do some soul searching and get back to me on that because I want to know what you ended up doing and how that ended up going. Okay, I hope that that was helpful, even though I basically was like, I don't know. (laughs) But let's get into our next two voicemails. All right, let's talk about breakups. As I am now the expert of breaking up with people, I feel that it is my duty to... People, all people break up with others. So let's let's uh let's play this. Uh, let's play this voicemail and then let's talk about how to break up with someone. Hi, Ellie. Um, my name is Max. I have been in love with your podcast since probably the Barstool days. Um, they yeah. Anyway, I have a question for you. So I have been in a relationship with a man. Ugh, I know, gross, disgusting. But I have been in a relationship with a man um, now for a few months. Um, and we've been talking now for three months. And so I am now finally starting to see the real sides of him. And a lot of those include a lot of, like, casual misogyny. That, like, I've called him out on it, but, like, I don't think it's getting better. And so basically I've decided I really want to break up with this man. So if you have any advice on how to break up with someone... When, like, I'm not going to be sad about it afterwards. I know, you know, it's the best thing for both of us. Like, he needs someone else and I need someone else, right? Um, yeah, if you just have any tips on how to do that, that would make my life so much easier. So, thank you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that you were British when I selected this voicemail because I just read the description. Oh my god. Hi. Or maybe else. I have no idea, honestly. British, Australian. Scottish? Unclear. But very exciting to hear from you regardless. Uh, Let's talk about breaking up. So I think something that we kind of get tripped up on when it comes to breaking up is like this feeling that you need them to not think you're a, a bad person or like you need them to like not hate you or dislike you or be mad at you or whatever. And it's like it's a breakup. And they're probably going to have some negative feelings toward you if you break up with them. And that is just the way life goes. If someone breaks up with you, you're probably a little upset with them, right? Like that's normal. So I think it does you a great disservice to be to be really like tiptoeing around the truth because you don't want them to like be mad at you or something. Like they're probably going to be upset with you. <laughs> like you're breaking up with them. So, yeah, so you've been seeing each other for long enough now that I do feel you probably need to do this in person, which I know fucking sucks because it's so awkward and it doesn't feel good. I am glad, 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 glad that I was just able to do this over text um, because I think if I saw shrimp man again i would have murdered him but um yeah i think you do have to do it in person um just be like hey would you want to like grab a coffee or meet up or can i see you today or something like that keep it really casual and and then i think just really be honest cut to the chase like don't 
don't like do the thing where it's like the dog's last day before you put it down and so you take it to do all of its favorite things like don't do that thing I honestly think that that's mean like don't take him like to a nice place and like be really sweet with him and then just like really like get it done sit down on a fucking park bench and be like listen I have really enjoyed hanging out with you, but I just, I really am not sure that there's a future here. And right now, I'm just looking for something that is a little bit more serious. I think that you're a great person. I think that you're great. I'm just not sure that we're great for each other. It's hard to argue with that. Like, you're just, uh, it, it's like what my ex has said about me is like, <laughs> he told someone Ellie's perfect, but we were not perfect for each other. And like, I just think that that's such like a lovely sentiment. Like, you're great, but we're not great for each other. Like, that's very fair and it's hard to argue with. And I think like being as straightforward as possible, not being like mean, don't be like, you're sexist and um, <laughs> you have a small dick and I hate all your friends and you're ugly. Like, obviously don't be a dick about it, but be straightforward. Like, I just don't think that this works, you know? If he asks you why, be like, I just think we have some personality differences that might be difficult to get through. Or I think we just have some different values. Like, or if he keeps pressing you, like he probably won't because men usually don't. But if he does, just be like, listen, you made some kind of sexist comments that made me uncomfortable. And I just am not sure that that is something that I want to continue with. Actually, in fact, I know that that's something I don't want to continue with. I also think speaking in sort of declarative sentences, right? Like, you are certain about this decision. Don't sound like you're not, you know? Don't be like, um, I think, well, you know, like, don't use sort of the interrogative of like ending your sentences um, going up. Although I do think, I mean, you're, you're Brit like British and I feel like a lot of British uh, English, like just like the tone of the sentence often goes up at the end, no matter what the statement is. Um, but I don't know, just speaking really declaratively, speaking really like surely, like, you know, just be strong about it because you are making the right decision for both you and for them, for them as well. I mean, why would anybody want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't see a future with them, right? Like you want to find the right person, they want to find the right person. And I think you were spot on when you said like it's doing you both a disservice to like be continue to be in a relationship that is not going to go anywhere. So be confident, be strong, be declarative, be straightforward, be honest. Don't beat around that bush. I know that that would probably feel better to stall a little bit, but it just prolongs the inevitable and it just makes it worse. So yeah, and I would do this as soon as possible. Like you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste his time. You also don't want to be like sitting with that pit in your stomach being like, oh, I got to do this thing and it sucks. Just do it. Just get it over with and you're going to feel better. And also you said you're not going to be sad. By the way, if you are a little bit sad, that's also okay. Breakups are sad, even if you know it's the right thing breakups are sad. Losing someone is hard, even if, you know, you know that they were not supposed to be part of your life forever. So don't be super hard on yourself either if like you are a little bit sad because it's normal. And yeah, I think you can do this. You seem like a straight shooter. I believe in you. <laughs> do your best. And remember, if he's mad at you, it's okay. It's a breakup. He's not going to be like, I love her still. She's wonderful. You know, like... People probably have, well, you know, people who you break up with usually don't have like super fond feelings for you, even if you do it really well. So um, I just wouldn't worry too much if you're like a people pleaser like I am, like you got, you got to put you first. You got to put you first because you know what? Nobody else will. So, all right, let's get into our next voicemail. I think this is one is really important, which is like, how do you stop this like past trauma from affecting your current relationship? Hi, Ellie. First of all, 
Just want to say, love you, love the podcast. You're actually the reason I started going on SSRI. So live, laugh, love Prozac. <laughs> and ever since I got on them, uh, my mental state has just improved drastically. I'm probably the healthiest and happiest mentally that I've been in a while. So thank you for getting me started on that. Um, I recently moved to a new place and just for funsies and to entertain my friends, I started this little bachelorette kind of thing and have been going on a ton of dates. And it started out as a joke, but um, now it's not too much of a joke <laughs> because I kind of met this guy and he's wonderful and super healthy and such a good communicator. And so my question is basically, how do you deal with kind of trauma of a past relationship creeping into when you find something great and healthy? And kind of how do you kind of deal with talking yourself out of something that is going so well and self-sabotaging? I don't know if that makes sense. But thanks. Love you. Love the podcast. Uh, it does make sense, so don't worry. Also, I just want to say I'm so glad that, you know, mental health medication is working out for you. I'm a big advocate for for doing that. Um, obviously, it's, it doesn't work for everybody, but I'm really happy that it's working for you. Yay, live, laugh, love Prozac. <laughs> um, Prozac gang, rise up. And I know what you mean, like that feeling of like you literally feel like you're at your best, but you're worried that those like past demons and the the ghosts of relationship past are going to like creep in and fuck everything up. Um, and it's like a valid fear because it they do, you know, like sometimes that does happen. People do self-sabotage. Sometimes we do let those demons kind of win and like tell us what to do. And that fucking sucks. But I think kind of the only here's the thing with like trauma in general unfortunately and it sucks and it's hard but like the only way out is through and the only way to kind of really get through it is by like naming it is like actually like acknowledging it talking about it getting it out because the, the more that it kind of lives in you and lives in like the dark crevices of your mind and like isn't out in the light the more I think power it kind of has it's kind of like if you are in a, a dark hallway and there's just like one candle lit, right? And you see a, a big shape in the shadows. And you're like, oh my God, what is that? But then when you actually get close to it with light, you see that the shape is actually pretty small. It's not a scary thing. It's just that the shadow it was casting was really big because you couldn't really see what it was. That's kind of like I feel like what trauma can do. Like if you don't name it, if you don't talk about it, if you don't name it, like it can be really hard to get through it. And like that's something that I'm truly working on right now in therapy is actually like really talking about these things and like not letting them live in the dark crevices and like really like and it's hard it's so fucking hard but it is something I'm doing so with relationship trauma uh I think as you date and oh I also want to say like yeah by the way like that is kind of how you do find <laughs> a great person is just by going on a lot of dates so good job congratulations I'm glad you did that sounds like fun but yeah so I feel like as you date somebody those little bells are going to start ringing in your head your little trauma alarms are going to go off like a little tripwire um and i think the the best thing that you can do to stop it from like really ruining things is like every time you feel that bell ring and that trip alarm go off whatever like 
take a second, take stock and like name it. Say it out loud. Even if you're saying it to yourself, like literally just be like, okay, right now I am feeling X because of X. And that was a situation that happened in the past. And so we're very, very clear. That is not happening now. Just because it is maybe reminding me of something that happened in the past, the past is not the present. What happened then is not what's happening now. That's a really important phrase that my therapist uses all the time. What happened then is not happening now because I think it just, your brain blends things, right? Like you have like this really suggestible brain where it's like, okay, something that happened bad in the past, it's happening again, it's happening again. And then your fight or flight goes off and you're freaking out and then you (laughs) self-sabotage. Like, I know the drill. I know the pattern. I think I've done it. We've all done it. Like, it's really, really important is that you take stock. Like, you stop. You name the feeling. You name why you think it's coming up, what it's reminding you of, and then remind yourself that that did happen and it was bad and it was painful. But that is not what is happening right now. Uh, And so instead of sort of like pushing it down and being like, you're being silly, you're being stupid, whatever, like really acknowledge that feeling and tell it like, yeah, I get why you feel that way. I completely understand why you would feel that this is like related, but I need you to know that it's not. It is something completely separate. It's a new thing. And of course, that's easier said than done. Because sometimes our really our like little emotions are sneaky. Sometimes our emotions are so sneaky and like it's happening and you don't even necessarily notice that it's happening. So, you know, checking in with yourself, with your emotions, if you're feeling anxious, well, why am I feeling this way? If I'm feeling scared or angry or sad, okay, why am I feeling this way? And that like is just good advice in general for life. Uh, but I think particularly with this, if you don't name it, if you try to ignore it, push it down or be like, go away, it's not going to go away. It has more of a tendency to fuse with you so that like, you become the emotion instead of the emotion being something separate from you. Because like your emotions, like your feelings, they're not like facts. They're not like part of you. They're just feelings, right? Um, if you give them too much power, that's when you get into situations where like you're letting them run your life instead of you running your life and using those emotions as kind of like guides to what you maybe want to do, Right. But yeah, it is easier said than done. But that's our like the therapy answer. I also think you can talk to this person, like maybe talk to this person about it. Be like, hey, listen, I have uh, some trust issues because, you know, maybe my my ex cheated on me and I just have some trust issues. And sometimes when, you know, this happens, I get a little bit anxious, right? Like a normal person who cares about you is obviously going to take that well and understand that. And honestly, having that off your chest and having that something that is understood between the two of you can create such an important intimacy. And I think it's always good to be able to share your vulnerabilities. Like it is hard and it's really scary, but vulnerability is the thing that creates intimacy, is the thing that creates strong and healthy relationships. So of course, I'm saying all this like never having been able to do it myself, but... (laughs) I know what to do. It's just hard to do it because some of these motherfuckers are crazy. Okay. Um, but I'm fine. <laughs> Anyways, that's my advice on that. Um, let's get into our last two So this voicemail I thought was really, really interesting, and I thought we could have an interesting conversation about it. So let me pull it up. Hi, Ellie. Uh, This feels really silly, but (laughs) 
sometimes I gaslight myself into thinking that my mental health issues aren't real. I feel like I just have trouble sometimes accepting that they're real, but I know it's not normal to be depressed, but I still find myself gaslighting myself. I recently uh, had to have my SSRI dose up, upped, and I guess I'm just wondering, do you ever gaslight yourself uh, into thinking that your mental health struggles aren't real? And if so, do you have any any ways that you deal with that, any affirmations? I guess just, you know, do you ever deal with this? Is it just me? I tell myself I'm crazy, and I am a little crazy, but in a fun way. But anyways, I was just wondering if you've ever dealt with this, and if so, do you have any um, any tips for this? Thank you. I love you. Bye. Okay, yeah, I fucking do. Honestly, I, I do this all the time. I And honestly, that's the reason it took me so long to start taking medication because I literally would be like, I'm making it up. <laughs> I'm not actually mentally ill. I'm just doing it for attention. Like, like I literally would convince myself that it wasn't bad enough. Like, yeah, I have panic attacks and sometimes I throw up from them, but it's not that bad. It could be worse or yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty depressed. Sometimes I can't get out of bed and, and stuff, but you know, I'm sure other people have it worse. It's not bad enough and I'm probably fine. You know, like, like really there was this like constant narrative in my mind about it. Two things that really helped me. One was like, my psychiatrist, I like kind of talked about this with my psychiatrist when she prescribed me the pills because I was like, I just don't know. Like, what if I'm wrong? Like, what if I don't really need them? And she's like, I went to Columbia Medicine. I'm a doctor and I would not prescribe this medication for you if I didn't think that you needed it. Like, <laughs> if somebody, if a doctor is like giving you pills, like they're not giving you pills for no reason, you know, like you didn't make it up. Also, Something else that helped me is like, I think I saw this on like TikTok or something, but it was like, okay, when you feel anxious or you feel depressed or whatever it might be, do you feel that way only when you're with other people and like it's performative in some way, like you're performing depression? Or do you feel that way when you're like alone too, you know, like if you feel depressed when you're alone, obviously you're not making it up. You're not performing it. It just, it exists, you know? If you're having a panic attack all by yourself in your apartment, you're not doing that for attention. You're not making that up. And also, I think it's important to not compare sort of the way that you feel to this hypothetical worse off person. Like, sure, there's always somebody that's worse off than you, right? There's always plenty to be grateful for. But like, you also don't need to invalidate your own struggles just because you feel like somebody else probably has worse struggles. And actually, people are kind of weird about it when it comes to mental health. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but I feel like people get kind of weird about it. Like, oh, what? You've got generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I have I have all this stuff and you take like an SSRI. That's cute. Like, I deal with this. Like, people get really fucking weird and competitive about it. And it's like, if you're struggling at all, it doesn't matter the degree to which you're struggling or what you struggle with. It's valid and you're allowed to like get help and support for that, you know, like whatever your struggles are, like you can get help for that, you know, like it's, it's not like shameful, but like, I don't know, there is like a weird culture of like, oh, everybody has anxiety and depression all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, the world fucking sucks. <laughs> of course we all have anxiety and depression. 
you know what on earth is going on in the House of Commons? Of course, we're depressed and anxious. <laughs> like, your mental health struggles are valid. You're not, like, making them up. Like, they exist. And if they're bad enough for you that you found a doctor and that a doctor was like, hey, I'm going to give you pills to make this better. Like, you're not making it up. And even if you're not on medication, even if no one has ever told you, you know, I'm going to prescribe you pills for this, it doesn't make it not valid. Like, you're still valid if you feel, if you're struggling, that struggle is valid, you know? Life is hard enough without you having to battle against your own brain telling you that it could be worse. It is. It really, like, you don't deserve that. Like, honestly... The world is always going to tell you oh, somebody has it worse than you. You don't need to do the world's job, you know? Like, you can baby yourself and be like, well, I feel like shit and I'm going to take care of myself because I deserve it. Because you do. But it is, it's normal. I think a lot of people feel this way. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I certainly have felt this way. So you're not alone in that. But let's try to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves, a little bit more kind to ourselves and, like, trust that, like... The way that you're feeling is real. Like, you're not going to, like, make up emotions just to, like, make up emotions when you're alone, you know? Like, that's, that's like, not a thing. No one does that. No one would ever do that. So don't worry. You're not. Don't worry. You are mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's really comforting. <laughs> okay. Let's get into our last voicemail actually really switching gears here. And let me pull her up. Hey, Ali. Um, basically, I'm calling because one of my best friends just got engaged, and it's kind of freaking me out, so I'm hoping you can help. Um, so for some context, we're both 23. Um, we graduated college together last year, and now we're both in grad school, and our programs are pretty long, so we're going to be in school for, like, four more years. Um, and we also are both in, like, long-term, like, committed serious relationships, and we've been dating, like, our partners for about the same amount of time. Like, I've been with my boyfriend for the same amount of time that she's been with her fiancé. Um, and then two, so we're like kind of in the same situation. And then two weeks ago, she calls me and shows me that she just got engaged. And obviously, like, I'm really, really happy and excited for her. For her, like, it's great news. And I want all my friends and I to like eventually be able to have like beautiful weddings, get married to wonderful people. Um, I just didn't think it would happen this soon. Like, I personally don't feel ready to be married right now. Like, I'm very young. I don't have a job yet. I'm still in school. And I don't, like, my brain's not even fully developed yet at this age. Um, so it's weird for me to see that someone who's, like, in my exact same situation is getting married. Um, and then, like, a week after she got engaged, she's already sending us, like, the bridesmaid dresses and talking about the bachelorette party. And, like, I feel like everything's moving really fast. And so it's, like, it's kind of freaking me out. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, am I crazy for not feeling ready at, like, the grown adult age of 23 to, like, not taking those life steps yet and also like how can I support her and have fun with the a bridesmaid and like enjoy her wedding without getting too freaked out over the fact that like we're getting old and people are like making big steps in their lives and I just don't feel ready for that yet so thank you so much for your help and advice love you bye getting old bitch you're 23 <laughs> shut up <laughs> Like, okay, no, and like, really, because um, I don't even know where to begin on this. Bestie, you're 23 years old, the grown adult age of 23. Girly pop, 23 is so little, is your child bride, little baby infant. 26 is little, like, 
we have long lives, okay? We live long lives, humans do nowadays, because we're healthier. We live long lives, okay? 23, it might feel, it's the oldest you've ever been, but it is not old, okay? It is not even close to old. 30 isn't old. I feel like you're not even getting old until you're approaching 40, honestly. Maybe even over the age of 40. I don't know. With the way that people take care of themselves now, like, 40 is not even that old. It's, like, pretty young. Like, have you seen pictures of your parents, like, when they were 40? You look at them and you're like, holy shit, you, like, look so young. Um, Bro, it is the most normal thing in the world to not feel ready. If your friend feels ready right now, that's great. And that's your friend. Like, that's her vibe. We're all on our own journeys. We're all on our own paths. If she's ready to be married right now, that's fucking great for her. It does not mean that you need to be. It doesn't mean that any of us need to be. You don't need to get married till you're 50 if you don't want to. Like, you will be ready when you are ready, right? It does not, like, just because somebody else is starting that, uh, you know, starting that thing in their life doesn't mean that you need to be doing that. I know that you're looking at these sort of parallel situations and you're being like, well, should I be getting married? If Because she is? Like, no. Your life and your timeline is up to you and what feels right to you. And if it doesn't feel right to you, that's valid. It doesn't have to feel right for you. Fucking God, 23. Okay. Like, obviously, happy for your friend. <laughs> like, oh my God, I like wasn't a person at 23. I'm barely a person now. I'm sure in four years, I'm going to look back and be like, I was not a person at 26. I was an infant, a baby. Um, but I, I know how you feel. Like my oldest friend, uh, like the person I've truly been friends with the longest in my entire life, she got married. A, oh my God. Oh my God. A year ago today, actually. Happy anniversary, Kendall and Jesse. I hope you guys have had the best year of marriage ever. But yeah, she got married, um, truly a year ago. So we were 25 and I was feeling a little freaked out. I was like, this is crazy. She's getting married. She's a wife, you know, like that was a really weird moment. And now um, another one of my oldest friends, uh, she's recently gotten engaged. I went to her engagement party. Like she's getting married. We're 26. And she's like, I feel like I'm a little young for this. Like I feel a little young for it, but I also know this is the person I want to spend my life with. So might as well start my life now. Like, we're all on our own paths. We're all on our own journeys. If getting married is something you want to do in the future, then you're going to do that when it's right. But also, like, it's totally normal to feel a little freaked out. Like, ah, like, I didn't realize we were there yet, you know? Like, when my, when the first, like, close friend of mine has a baby, like, I think I'll faint. Like, <laughs> like, okay, Kendall, if you're listening to this right now, I know you've said, I know you've said you're not planning on getting pregnant for a while. You know, you want to enjoy, like, being married for a while and I know that you said that bro if you have a baby I'm gonna freak out <laughs> I need you to give it like at least a year or two like I I I need you to give it some time because I will freak out that is so scary a person that I have grown up with bringing another person into the world horrifying terrifying scary hate to see it not for me not for me bestie so like i really get how you feel the weddings it's like okay this person has found the right person that's fucking fantastic you hope that they're happy and and that's all it has to be it's not a reflection on you 
It's just the choice that they're making. We all make different choices. But yeah, it is a little scary when it's like, whoa, we're kind of reaching that point in our lives now. Um, Things start to change. And also, I think 23 is actually about the age where you and all your friends start taking real different paths, start doing real different things. Like you were kind of all on the same path for a while, but like, you know, you're in grad school or some of your friends might have had a, a job for now two years now or some of your friends are getting married and some of your friends are living in their parents basement and that's also okay like everyone starts to be at like really different places in their lives going on different life paths pursuing different things moving to different cities and it can feel like everything's moving really fast and everything is changing so much and it's really scary but it is just part of life and growing up and it is a beautiful thing that we all get to like become our own people um i think it's a lovely thing and so i, d- I wouldn't um i mean obviously it's normal to be freaked out but remember that it's like you're reaching a really exciting moment in your life. Like you're reaching a time where you're becoming a person. You're becoming um, you. You're becoming the person you're going to be. Your brain is developing by the moment. And it's exciting. It, it really is. It's exciting. So try to turn that fear into excitement. But also remember you're normal for feeling a little weird about it. Lord knows the minute, the, the, the day I get engaged People around the world are going to have a panic attack. Because <laughs> the sky is falling. The pigs are flying. You know, something's something's gone real wrong in the world. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, you're, it's going to be fun. It's a wedding. It's so fun. And it's your first one. And, you, and the fact that it's your first one and you get to be a bridesmaid and be at the bachelorette party. Like, these are fun, exciting experiences. And they're new experiences. And like, just like, try to enjoy the moment. Try to enjoy the ride. Bro, the way that I want to murder the people doing construction outside, I want them dead. I hope that they... I, <laughs> no, I don't want the construction workers dead. I want whoever decided, like the person who ordered the construction. I would like them dead. Um, I want that on the record, actually. Okay. Anyways, bestie, bestie, best friends. <laughs> I think that that is our episode for today. A little happy Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. Um, obviously not scary at all. Um, when I was a little kid, Halloween was like my favorite holiday. Like I was obsessed with it. I was like weird. Like I was a weird little kid. I loved gore. I loved like scary stories. I always wanted to be something scary when I dressed up. And now I'm such a little baby back bitch. I'm scared of shadows. <laughs> so things change and that's okay. Um, all right. I love you guys so much. I really do. What's our song of the week? Obviously it has to be something from Midnight's. You know what? You know what I think is a perfect song for just this podcast in general? We're going to go with You're On Your Own, Kid. I just think it is like kind of the anthem of this podcast is like you're going to go through some shit. Like you're going to deal with some shit and that's okay. You're going to end up fine. You know? You're on your own, kid. But hey, you've got me. So I love you guys so, so, so much. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, if you like me, feel free to subscribe. Leave a nice little review. Um, send me any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns in DMs. If there's anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. If there's any guests that you'd like to see, we can do that. Um, if you like me, you can follow me on social media. My Instagram is Ellie underscore Schnitt. My Twitter is Holy underscore Schnitt. And my TikTok is Ellie Schnitt. Um, and my Twitch is also Ellie Schnitt. I'll be, I'm starting live streaming soon. So like, look out for that. That'll be fun for us. 
If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk. It is live every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, and then uploaded on Spotify exclusively. Just search Taylor Talk and you'll find it. I hope you had a happy Halloween. I love you. Is there anything else? Oh, if you want to leave a voicemail, which I highly encourage that you do, um, give me a call, 847-282-0462. And I love you guys so, 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 so much. I appreciate you more than you know. You mean the world to me. And yeah, as always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I hope it's a great one. And I will catch you on our next drive. See ya. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.